Intention Training Podcast, where we talk about training, mindset, nutrition, wellness, and self-care. It's recording. Okay, there we go. Okay. All right, so today we're going to be interviewing Johnny Turner. Johnny grew up in Minneapolis, went to the same high school as us, um, excelled at a lot of sports growing up, but went on to pursue basketball. So I wrote just a little bit about kind of like how we met Johnny. Um, we met back in elementary school, going to the same after school program. Um, and you were always a really good athlete. I remember that you went on to make JV your freshman year. Is that right? At South? Yep. Uh, yep. You know, high school science right there, South High. Yep. Got off to a good start, kind of dealt with some injuries. Um, and then you went on to play at North Dakota State College of Science. For two years, shot 50% from the field, um, worked your way up to a D2 school, and we'll get more into that later. But we really just wanted to interview you to get a perspective from a student athlete, one that's both like grown up in the inner city and had to dealt with deal with like the challenges of not having the best resources mm -hmm. compared to like suburban schools and what scouting's like when you're coming from a smaller school and really a losing school in most scenarios. So we thought it'd be interesting to get your perspective. Um, what's, what's going on with you right now? You're in season right now, right? Yeah, we're in season right now. I actually just got back last night. We were on the road. So in the NSIC, we play double headers. So we'll play Friday night, then travel to the next location, which is usually a couple hours away with their like travel partner school. And then we'll play them and then head home. So we got back pretty late, slept in a little bit, got up. Yeah, that's a lot. I am. So you're at the University of Mary, which is North Dakota too, right? Mm-hmm. Bismarck, North Dakota, the capital. Okay. okay. So I did a little research. It's D2, and you guys are in the same conference as, like, UMD, Concordia, St. Paul. Is that right? Yep. Okay. Pretty so much pretty all the local. Oh, yeah. It's really competitive. A lot of people say the NSIC is one of the top five D2 conferences in the country for just about every sport. Wow. So, yeah. So let's start from the beginning. When did you start playing basketball? Whew, probably probably around five or six. So pretty pretty early on. And was that like in a team setting or you were just messing around at that point? Oh, messing around probably I don't even know, two even. Right. Team setting though, probably five or six. I think maybe Matthews Park was like seven or eight. Okay. I remember I played up. I think I was a first grader playing on like the third grade team because I played with Josh Johnson. Uh, oh my goodness! I don't know if you remember it's him, really but funny. Josh Johnson. No, yeah, yeah, he plays he plays saxophone now or something like that. Trumpet. Sure does. Yeah, yeah. sure does. That's awesome. Um, what players did you grow up idolizing? Like when you were first, you were in the gym by yourself. You were counting down three, two, one. Who are you pretending to be uh, in the gym? Hmm. I think early on, I think it was always like LeBron. Okay. I think I think as like as Clay Thompson and Steph Curry came around and I'd go to the gym and they'd be like Steph Curry, Steph Curry, you know, light being skin. light skinned and all, yeah. But <laughs> I, I think I really like Clay Thompson especially, even though we have completely different games. But maybe that's why I kinda always idolized him because I wanted to be more like him. Yeah, I feel that. So um I wanted to ask you, so your dad played professional football, no? Mm -hmm. so sure did, sure did. Tell me if this is the right 
John Turner because I'm honestly not sure because I had some trouble finding stuff. But from what I found, it said that he played like 10 years for the Vikings. Is that correct? Yep, sure did. Yeah, with like some pretty good stats too. Like he was getting time. Oh yeah, he's he's pretty good. I think he actually went to a couple Pro Bowls, but (laughs) that's insane. What was that? Yeah, it is pretty insane. Was he playing when you were a kid? Oh nah, he's he's an old head. He's pretty old. I think he got done playing in '87. Uh, so okay. you know, I hadn't even been thought about for another 12 years. Um, so what was that? What was that like growing up? Like, I know you and yeah. your dad type. Did you feel? Did you ever feel like pressure to pursue something athletic because of like his resume, or was it just something that you were drawn to naturally? You know what? I think that I was uh, really blessed because my dad, he'd always say this every single time I asked him, what should I do? You know what? I think you just got to do what you love and go try to be the best. I'm, I'm going to be there cheering no matter what, whether it's figure skating, theater, basketball, football, I'm going to be there cheering. So he'd always used to say that to me. So I had zero pressure to play football or anything athletic. That's awesome, man. That's, that's so nice. That's all what we're trying to push here is that like, even though we're in the gym most times, it's more like the mindset and the sentiment behind that and that yeah. it doesn't really matter what it is as long as you're working towards something and oh, being true to yourself. Then that's what that's what we think it's all about. So we can definitely yeah, relate to that. Um, what made you choose basketball over other sports? Because I remember growing up, you were still playing baseball. You were still playing football. Probably could have mm-hmm. been pretty successful at any one you chose. Yeah, I think... I think I dropped baseball like my sixth or seventh grade year and I was kind of left with football and basketball. I played soccer and some other things down, down lower in like fourth and fifth grade. But um, I don't know. I think I, I remember I broke my wrist my eighth grade year in peewee football at Sibley Park. Mm-hmm. And so I, I ended that season. I didn't play. Now and it. then I think it's it, a wrap. <laughs> and then I, that was it. Yeah. And then I think it was a combination of, uh, just being around football so often with my dad because my dad coached. So he coached the high school, Park Center Senior High School. And so I was always around him there and, like, running around, tackling dummies out there, messing around with the guys when I was, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten years old in the summers. And so a combination of just being around it all the time and kind of getting bored of it and the combination of just South High School and being, you know, a little, a little questionable in football <laughs> in there, mm-hmm. I think that kind of just pushed me away from football. Yeah, if you're from the area, you'll know what we're talking about. Um, <laughs> so I just pulled up your dad's statistics. He had 24 career interceptions. That is, that's no joke. That's really cool, man. Yeah, he's he's pretty legit. He's pretty legit. That's awesome. He's a good guy. Yeah, maybe we could get him on sometime. That'd be cool. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm sure he'd, he'd be interested in this for sure. He, he's always, he loves kids and talking to people and helping people out. He'd, he'd be interested. Yeah, you'll do for now, though. Right. Yeah, I know. I'm not. I'm not quite. I'm not quite as good as him. <laughs> but you know, hey, you got you got to start a little lower. All right, I have plenty of questions, but Jen's gonna gonna take a yeah, couple. Yeah, because I haven't spoken yet. <laughs> Hello, Johnny. <laughs> Hello. So, what were some of your favorite parts of playing basketball <laughs> at a big public school like South High School, and what were some of the worst parts? Some of the best parts and some of the worst parts. I think off the top, some of the best parts um, is just 
the atmosphere surrounding basketball um going back to the whole football thing i think like literally two times as many three times as many people tried out for basketball as they did for football like it was it was very competitive um so it was definitely more of a basketball school yeah i didn't um and then i always think that like i could relate with a, a lot of the more a lot more of the kids being inner city uh youth in a big public school i think i can uh which kind of comes into play later on as I am now at a Catholic university, small private school, but we can probably talk about that a little later. Um, and then some of the worst parts, I mean, just, of course, we have like minimal funding compared to some of these schools. Like it's not even close. I mean, some of the stuff, their gymnasiums and things. And it's actually kind of funny because until I like went to college, I'd like never like really grasped how little like resource and money and all that stuff we had mm-hmm. until I started uh, going to like a lot of other schools and looking into it and like kind of like growing up and maturing uh, mentally. And like, I was just really astonished to see that there are really very big differences in the resources. Yeah. You made a couple interesting points, um, which I, like you said, I'm sure we'll, talk about more later but I would be super interested to hear what the transition was like socially going from like we're kind of in a bubble here in Minneapolis especially Mm -hmm. at a big public school like that where it's very diverse and we all for the most part most of our beliefs kind of align with each other and then you're going to not only North Dakota but a Catholic school what was that change like um so Minneapolis public schools um Obviously, you know, Minneapolis being a super extra progressive liberal state and well, not state, but city, Minneapolis. And then I then I went to North Dakota State College of Science, which is pretty much the same. A lot of um, more north side Minneapolis people, but um, within the athlete community, there are certainly more people that are inner city youth mixed in with a small town country people. So it was a nice little dynamic there. That was kind of funny. <laughs> and then and then the most drastic change was, uh, of course, going from North Dakota State College of Science to Mary, which is, you know, um, a small 2,000 population Catholic private school in Bismarck, North Dakota. Bismarck, I think, actually think that North Dakota has, I think, one of the most um, conservative governments state-wise mm-hmm. i think it's like i think it's might be like 95 percent uh republicans in office but i think as far as views i think or as far as differences i think the most noticeable is just there's so few people um of ethnic background and as far as diversity mm-hmm. um there's just it's all like it's all it seems like it's all just one class of people as far as income political um economic socially like culturally they're all just like one band of the huge spectrum that there is um but and that doesn't cause problems for me mm-hmm. um i mean it's not i i don't i think it causes problems for them not coming from a background like that i think it does nothing but hurt you as far as like as you go into the real world and have to deal with people of diverse backgrounds mm-hmm. um but I think that it's not horrible. 
I mean, that's good to hear. Yeah, I'm glad you're making it okay. That, I'm, that's I not know, bad. imagine that would be hard. Um, yeah. I have one more question, like related to that. So, what was the recruiting process like coming out of South, going to um, your first junior college, and then going from the junior college to the bigger university? Did you have a lot of help in that? Because I can't imagine that, like, you're just not getting as many looks when you're going to a high school that's not super competitive mm-hmm. or, um, you know, doesn't have like top of the line um, coaching staff. We'll just put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, just touching back on that, the whole the resource thing. And um, as far as coaching and coaching staff who have been there and done that, we were a little bit lighter on the South High School in there. Um, but my recruiting, so I pretty much, when I was getting recruited, I was getting recruited. So I didn't play AAU. That was that was my first big um, oopsie. So I didn't play AAU, in which nowadays, like, AAU is probably more important than regular high school basketball as far as recruiting and getting college looks and things like that. Mm-hmm. And so I played AAU my sophomore and junior year, which is a lot later than most people. Like nowadays, kids are playing, you know, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, like all the way up the line all summer long. Not only is that important for like developing your skills, you're playing basketball year round now, but also just recruiting. So I played my sophomore year and my first look was St. Olaf College. I remember that. And I talked to them for a long time. Or no, not St. Olaf. Sorry, Carlton. Excuse me. Carlton College. I go to Carlton yeah. then. I yeah. know you do. That's what's funny. They were recruiting me. That was my very first look. And they recruited me hard for a long time. Because they yeah, started yeah. Aren't they my like, sophomore year. Aren't they like very, very bad? Yeah, it's probably good. Um, you chose the way yeah, you I remember I remember them. They were not very good. Oh. And um, I can't remember the coach's name. But I remember that was also my first visit, too, was Carleton oh. College. Yeah, tiny. So they campus. recruited me. Yeah, I know. They are pretty <laughs> from sophomore year into junior year and usually make your decision in senior year, late season or whatever. And so they were recruiting me for really a year and a half here and there conversations. And then going in after my junior year, still not much. I think St. Olaf came along. And then after that, I think like Augsburg. And then pretty much after that, just about every other D3 school in like the Minneapolis area followed St. Thomas. Um Augsburg, McAllister, um, St. Olaf, Carleton, pretty much the whole Mayak, really. Mm. And then, um, as, and it's funny because I told myself I'd probably end up going to Augsburg or St. Thomas. I wasn't really sure. And then, as I remember, we were kind of we were playing uh, Cooper in my senior year, the regional game or the uh, the first playoff game, and we lost to Cooper. But Melvin Newburn had been getting recruited by North Dakota State College of Science, which is the junior college that I went to. And um, and uh, he, his dad ended up calling the coach, Stu Ingen, and told him that he needed to come check me out. And so then I got into contact with him, and they started recruiting me. And then also a little later on, uh, earlier before that, actually, I kind of skipped the part. I also started to get recruited a little bit by Southwest Minnesota State, which is a D2 school in the same conference that I'm in now, NSIC. Um, they recruited me a little bit. I actually went on a visit there, too. It was cool. Um, they didn't really offer me much money. 
mm-hmm. as far as scholarship wise. Uh, North Dakota State College of Science actually offered me more. And then I just took a chance and bet on myself going to JUCO because I'm not really your typical uh, traditional JUCO kid mm. as far as uh, education and not having any problems and being a great kid, whatever. So I bet on myself, went there, and it worked out for me. And then I went to get recruited by a couple D2 schools, a couple more in the conference, one outside the conference, a couple outside the conference, a couple in the conference, a handful of more D3 schools, and a handful of NAIA schools. So it, it definitely bumped up my recruiting and gave me more time to play. Um, and I actually really enjoyed it. So it worked out well. Good. Yeah, so I mean, like, that being said, what do you think – that South should have had for you and like athletes like you like what what would have been helpful there I think it's just really hard to I I think a lot of times nowadays that the uh, the the resources don't come from your high school nowadays Mm. I know so like it's like a a lot of the times your AAU coach would help you out a lot or, yeah. but I didn't really go to a good AAU program. And so I was kind of, so I was kind of on an island as far as uh, resources and what I need to do. And so aside from my AAU coach simply like handing out my number to mm-hmm. different coaches that were asking and inquiring, um, I pretty much did all my own stuff and talked to the coaches. And I don't, I don't really know if a lot of people vouched for me or anything like that. But yeah. And um, that's, that's how it's got to be coming from a school like that. I remember yeah. I was playing baseball um, at South and it was sort of the same deal for me. Like if I wanted to have a chance to play at the next level, I kind of had to take it upon myself. And my coaches would put me up for like showcases and stuff like that. But you just you, there's not the same spotlight as there is like on an Edina or mm-hmm. one of these oh, like really, more notorious yeah. schools. So um, right. and, and right. I've talked to I now train a few a few athletes and then a few just students at South. Um, and they tell me that like South doesn't even have like a strength and conditioning staff. And I remember it was it was pretty bleak when we went there. So I definitely think they could okay. be doing more, but well I don't know. Do you remember the weight room before like they did it, redid it? I do. <laughs> I do. I do. Like that was awful. Like that is so whew. like that is I mean that's just the epitome of, you know, the differences that you can see. I mean, go check out a weight room from South High School three years ago and go look at a Wyzetta weight room from three years ago or whatever, you know. Yeah, we were just at the Minnetonka weight room and they have, like, custom elite FTS racks, Mm -hmm. like, all, just a ton of equipment, like, multiple gyms. The next thing I kind of wanted to ask you about was I know when you were – kind of getting into those upper class years at South. I know you worked with Chauncey from Hoops in Christ a little bit. Um, what was kind of the impact he had on you and what what are some of the memories you have working with him? Oh yeah, he had more than a little impact. He had a huge impact, not only on, you know, my basketball game, but also, you know, who I am today even. I think there was there was probably a couple summers where I probably spent I saw Chauncey every day. I used to work out with him every day. And, you know, I think Chauncey is an unbelievable person, high character, high value, high moral guy. Um, like, I, like Chauncey goes out of his way to train people, whether they have money or not, just because I think that he sees the impact that he can have on people and sees what people can do. And, you know, I think he just tries to really pay it forward. 
Um, but yeah, Chauncey is amazing. I think one, I wouldn't be in the situation I am right now without him. Uh, I don't know what I'd do or where I'd be, but I, don't, I know I wouldn't be here. And then, I mean, yeah, he's just a, a great person. I still talk to him all the time. I just hit him up the other day, actually. Yeah, he's talking about. I think I missed him. I'm because I haven't been home in so long, but I missed him this last break. I had a four day break for from basketball over uh, Christmas, and we had to come back. But I missed him, so I'll see him soon. But yeah, yeah. that's he's my brother right there. Yeah, for sure. Go go check him out on Instagram if you're listening. I think it's just hoops in Christ, but also a hell of an athlete too. Like that. Let's not let that go unmentioned. That dude's a beast. <laughs> um, okay. I a couple more questions just like before we get into life at you Mary and and at the JUCO. Um I know in in high school you were playing point guard. Are you still kind of playing that role or are you more off the ball now? Uh I'm more off the ball now. Okay. Um what what, what do you feel like being a point guard and like carrying that burden? taught you when you because obviously you were doing that at south you did that growing up just in terms of like knowing how to get everyone involved in being a leader um i think that um i think it just has that extra leadership role in the basketball court i think the basketball in general will give you a lot of the qualities of a leader and role model and confidence that you need to strive in life but uh point guard in particular i think it's a little bit different because you're kind of a leader and role model and confidence giver of the people who are the leaders and role models and confidence givers so i think you just need that extra little bump and i think that is crucial in who i am because i was very passive and quiet and especially in high school i'm like i'm way different now um, but especially in high school, I was like way quiet. Uh, I was confident, but like not nearly where I am now, but really, um, an introvert. And I think I've completely changed, not just necessarily because of being a point guard, but just basketball in general and confidence in basketball just led to confidence in other aspects of my life. For sure. You want to take the next one? Yes, I do. What one? You can go right here. You can go right here, wherever you want. Oh, okay. So what have you learned from being a part of both good and bad teams throughout your career? And do you like being part of team sports? Hmm. That's a pretty good question. I think that's, so it's funny. So I came to, so I was at South, which is pretty much a square on the dot, very average team. I think we were like 500 or a game under or a game above, like every year I played. Um, to North Dakota State College of Science, where we were like my freshman year, I think we were 32 and two, and I think we were ranked like sixth in the country, and then or no, it was tenth maybe, and then to Mary, where we're a, we're probably about that 33 percent mark. So I kind of get both. I kind of get a look at all three levels. Mm-hmm. And the one thing I'll say is that the like the camaraderie and bonding between each of those levels I feel like is so different. Like it's obviously there at all levels, but when I was with the the 32 and two team, like we had so much fun, like on the court, off the court, we all like got along, had a great time. It was just, it was just a really beautiful thing. And uh, I think that was certainly one of the biggest differences, surely. Cool. Yeah. Cause when I played 
the last time I played a team sport was South Volleyball. And we lost literally all the time. And, like, there was no camaraderie there because everybody was just mad. So, yeah, Yeah, you're much much stronger than me because I quit after that. I was like, nope, no, I'm going to just do this myself. Yeah. And then that's also kind of what I love about team sports. I forgot to touch on that, but it's just having those people that are like with you, your best friends. You know, I see, I mean, I'm with the basketball team. It's not like high school anymore. I'm literally with them at least four hours a day, mm-hmm. whether it be lifting, practicing, eating in the calf afterwards. Like we're together all the time traveling. Like we just got done traveling 15 hours this weekend. Just, you know, that yeah. alone. I don't know. I I get sick of people. <laughs> yeah, me too. I, yeah. Uh, so you 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 spoke on as you know, like we're kind of trying to make a name for ourselves in the little in the strength and conditioning industry, doing some personal training stuff like that. So another thing we were really interested to talk to you about was what like um, your stretching and conditioning with the the basketball team looks like, and what it looks like in the weight room, and then how that changes from a JUCO to a D to school mm. um just what kind of things do they have you doing on the court and off the court to make sure you guys perform your best yeah so um strictly speaking strength and conditioning you talked about where you wanted to need to speak a little bit on the juco aspects there is none we didn't have any type of strength okay. and conditioning like i we actually had an assistant coach who would like have us go in there and do some things but like i mean well, that is mind-blowing I know. And it's, well, we're slightly underfunded as far as JUCOs go, but a lot of, a lot of, I don't want to speak for every JUCO, but there are a lot of really good JUCOs that have like great facilities Mm -hmm. um, and weight training, like real strength and conditioning programs, weight training, great facilities and all the, like all the good stuff. Same with D2, D3, you're you're kind of pushing it, but as far as high level D2 and high level D1s, they, JUCOs that is, they normally have strength and conditioning programs and trainers but mine in particular did not um i could easily see that changing within the next five years but i hope so um yeah well we still did pretty good without that um and then going on to d2 like that this shit's way more intense (laughs) (laughs) hey when you get a chance look this guy up so the head strength and conditioning coach here is a guy named michael silbernagel all right can't miss him. You see him walk in the room. Huh? You want to spell that for me? Yeah. Ah, shoot. S-I-L-B-E-R Nagel N-A-G-E-L. Some I mean, I'm promised you'll probably get you close enough. You could you'll see him if you saw him walking in the room, you'd be like, oh yeah, definitely. Big bald white guy. Oh, no yeah. more than no more than five nine, but he's probably two seventy-five, pure muscle, like oh, he's a rock. Yeah, he's a rock. He used to lift professionally and uh, things like that. Uh, he's actually not my strength coach, but we have the assistant strength coach who is Daniel Danielle Rodosa. And then there's also two GAs. So the strength so the strength program has four staff that are full time, and pretty much they're devoted from I think five a.m. to six p.m. daily. Somebody's in there. Somebody's oh. coaching their team. And I think there's ten or eleven sports here. And so I think there's about 800 student athletes maybe, and they each get strength and conditioning training. So by team or by position. Um, But yeah, as far as the strength and conditioning, we lift in season, we lift Monday, Wednesday, 
Um, out of season, it's guaranteed Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Rain, shine, day off, snow day. You're coming in. Like, without a doubt, you're coming in. Um, and, yeah, it's pretty legit stuff. He obviously knows what he's doing. I think if you look him up, I'm sure you can see so all types of different letters behind his name. Couldn't yep. tell you what all meant, but he's very legit. So, and he he organizes all the programs here and does all that. And then each one is slightly catered to each team as far as sport-wise. Um, but yeah, that's, it's definitely way more intense, especially coming from background where, you know, I didn't really lift at all mm-hmm. as far as South high school and then North Coast State College of Science, you know, I'm coming in at 20 years old and haven't lifted like at all. Know what I know what I'm doing, but like, you know, not to the extent that I should. It's different for sure. Yeah. So yeah, like, definitely. do y'all have like a sports psychologist or, um, kind of like a mental performance staff person for sports teams um, or... Uh, No, we're not quite there yet, but Mm -hmm. I think uh, in the the Catholic private school way, we actually have a a reverend devoted to strictly athletes. Oh, Father Vasek, yeah. So I think anything mental or as far as the mind and how you're doing and mental check-ins and Bible study to talk about God, to talk about life, to talk about from any background, whatever you are, he's usually really good and available and a great guy to talk to. So I think we have from that aspect, but not, not strictly sports psychology. Yeah. So what, now that you are lifting and you have more resources, what have you seen like a lot of benefit from do you are you a big fan of stretching do you foam roll do you ice baths what kind of stuff do you like to do to make sure you're on top of your game um hold on i'm gonna move you really quick here no you're good okay didn't want you to die on me there you're good i'm good Yeah, as far as what I find benefits in, um, oh, surely just off the top, just the lifting in general, like Mm. I'm way stronger than I was or will have ever been without lifting. Um, And it clearly shows in in my performance and athleticism overall in general in practice games, whatever. Um, That was just number one, surely. And then... um, yeah, so then kind of kind of in combination there is the ATR and the treatment you can get. And and we always were required to foam roll and stretch after every lift. Um, so that, I think that goes hand in hand with the ATR, which, athletic training room, which um, is So you're getting, like, you have like STEM and like massage oh, yeah, yeah. and things like that. STEM, Graston. Um, ultrasound, ice bath, hot tub. Um, I mean, we don't have like a state of the art facility or anything, but you know, it, we like, I had one athletic trainer at North Dakota State College of Science and, um, you know, she was dealing with five different sports and one of the sports was, you know, 75 football athletes. 
Oh my goodness. And so she couldn't be at every game. She couldn't be at every practice um, and different things like that. But now we have one full-time athletic trainer developed or devoted just to that men's basketball. So I think that makes a big difference. And then actually going back even more level at South high school, this is another like clear resource gap. I think we had, if I'm, let me know if I'm mistaken, but I think we had one athletic trainer that was, um, like for the whole city or something. Yeah. For the whole conference that was supplied by like, I think like Tria or something, but we had one. And so like, if you got hurt, there was nothing you could do the day of. And maybe not even the next day, but like you would have to call them and they could like make an appointment with you to come to your school three days later. Like, it's nuts. Oh my goodness. I mean, yeah, it's just outrageous, really. Wow. Okay, we got a couple more for you and then we'll do like some rapid fire at the end. Um, so, just like I'm curious about what the day to day life of a student athlete looks mm-hmm. like. I think it gets portrayed in a bunch of different ways. Um, I don't know if you guys saw on Twitter, there was a really funny video of like the NCAA put out a video of like what the day in a life of a student athlete's like, and then an actual student athlete did like a spinoff version. Yeah. It's like, yeah, just such a stark difference. So what is it really like? What is like a um, weekday look like for you? Yeah, so I mean, I think the intensity of your schedule as far as credits will really determine like how outrageous it is. But for me personally, my schedule, I don't know if I'm just like, I'm used to it now. So it's actually kind of insane, but like, I'm just, it's kind of normal now. So, but it's also because I live off campus. So I live off campus. I lift at seven Monday, Wednesdays. Um, so I'll just go through my Monday, Wednesday schedule. I lift at seven and then I have class at eight. And then I actually have a two hour break. So I'm normally do some homework or something like that. Study a little bit, um, maybe eat breakfast if I haven't already. Um, then I'll have class at 11, a one hour break, which, you know, I'll do some more homework, some studying or prepare for my next class. And then I have, um, my last class of the day, which is 12 to one. And then I will finish up that class. Then I'll go get ready for practice. Cause we usually practice an hour or two after that. Um, and then after that, I will normally get some treatments or ice bath, hot tub, whatever I need to do to, you know, feel halfway decent for the coming week after a hard practice. And then I'll normally do some more homework and eat again. So I'll, I'll, I usually, I'm usually gone from, I wake up at six. So I'll usually, I'll usually be gone from 6.30 to probably about 7, 8 p.m. Sounds like a work day. Uh, yeah, for real. It's, Speaking it's, it's, of, it starts to like, how does that factor in the fact that you can't probably have a job when you're taking all that on? Is that mm-hmm. tough? Like, do you get right. a stipend? You don't have to go into like the details, obviously, but yeah. Um. So, for those who don't know, there are about I think ten scholarships. I think each conference has their own rule. I think the NCAA Division II sets a maximum as far as how many scholarships each Division II team can have. Mm. And then within that, our conference specifically also has a rule. And so I think our conference just matched the rule of NCAA. But I think that, and then within that, each school can actually pick if they really want to uphold that rule or not. And most schools uphold it because they want to be competitive. But I think we actually have nine or 10 full scholarships um, available to our team and on our team is 16 people. So the coach is allowed to divvy it up however he wants. So 
you can only think of it as 10 full scholarships or you can think out think of it as an allotted amount as far as mm-hmm. how much the school costs so 10 school it's about 24,000 so 10 school 10 scholarships you know is equivalent to $240,000 that is divided up between 10 people or 16 people excuse me um and typically how it would work is it's it's a like you could think of it as like a merit-based you know thinking about like academic scholarships so like the better you are the more you get Mm -hmm. um and then that's also a big reason why junior college was a huge help because instead of coming right out and being a freshman and starting low and building my scholarship and building my scholarship, and building, um, I went to a school that cost, you know, $12,000 and paid three each for my sophomore and freshman year, but after my athletic scholarship and then came to Mary where I was lucky enough to get a nearly full, I think about a 80, 90% scholarship. So I played two my sophomore, my, my junior year and or won my junior year $1,000 and then lucky enough I actually get money back because I moved off campus so I'm not making uh-huh. money but because it, it goes straight to rent so I'm still like losing money technically but it's definitely nice um, I don't I'm not paying you know $20,000 which is tremendous you know I'm very appreciative of that absolutely sure. so what are you what are you studying you'll be done after this semester right yeah, I'll be done. Oh, almost, almost. I actually got a few a few credits to take. I think I got like eight, maybe 11, depending on what I need to do or what I want to do. Um, that's in part because I didn't really know what I wanted to do. So like I bounced around, like you could name a something I bounced around to. Like I wanted to be an engineer. I wanted to be an accountant. I wanted to be a physical therapist. I wanted to be a doctor. Then I wanted to be a physical therapist again. But as of last, like, as of the last, like, five, four months, I've been pretty devoted to becoming or trying to get into medical school to become a doctor. So that's what oh, I've been looking at right wow. now. Wow. Good for you, man. Dang, Johnny. Yeah, that's we'll awesome. see what happens. I got a long road ahead of me. So we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. If you want to be sure. a doctor. <laughs> yeah. So, so I, it sounds like it's sort of up in the air, but what's, what's next for you, like, after basketball and after graduating from undergrad you're going to pursue becoming a doctor do you have other other plans in the works or are you kind of just taking things as they come right now oh, yeah see that's where I'm at right now so really I've got becoming a doctor doesn't take like an extreme amount but a lot of people have determined that they want to be a doctor early on in their college uh, career so they're usually pretty far ahead as far as shadowing hours and things like that and clinical hours and volunteer hours and research experience so I actually was planning on taking a year and a half gap after this coming fall so I'll I'll be done with basketball and my eligibility um, this coming spring in the summer I was hoping to get volunteering experience shadowing experience as well as clinical experience so you know being in working in the actual medical field like an EMT or a CNA um and then i'll come back in the fall finish up my degree and then i'll get after it a little more as far as with hours and research experience and things like that um the football coach wanted me to play (laughs) (laughs) so who knows maybe i'll end up playing football i doubt it but i thought that was hilarious um and then uh yeah and then i'm out in the real world living it up trying to work a little bit and i'll be working studying hopefully getting in med school you know that's yeah. that'd be the goal for sure we have just like some more kind of some quicker questions for you um actually i have one more thing i want to ask about 
so and mentioned so I remember I was playing basketball early in high school as well and it was never really my thing I always liked baseball more but my mm-hmm. sophomore year I was thinking about I, I wasn't gonna try out and then I saw you and you told me I should and then I did and I ended up playing for like a couple more years so I always really appreciated ah, that we go. and um I remember you dunked on me you dunked on me in practice I haven't forgot that but that made me think about um, your Eden Prairie dunk. So if you guys haven't oh, seen yeah. Johnny's legendary hey, Johnny went dunk, viral. <laughs> we'll put it like in the show notes for you guys. It's legit. Uh, but I want you to break that down for us. What was that yeah. like? How did that come about? <laughs> it's, it's actually really funny because um, so – Working now with Chauncey, who was actually a coach that year for us, an assistant coach, um, like he understood the value of not just being able to actually play, but he, he he truly understood the value of like today's world. And like you have to like you have to consistently like make things happen, like make highlight plays and like obviously basketball, like if you're fundamentally sound, like you're a good player no matter what. But like those highlight plays really like help you get noticed just that like little extra bump, you know what I mean? And so, like, he, that was probably, was that my, that was my, yeah, that was my senior year. Mm-hmm. And so, he absolutely drilled into my head, like, dunk on somebody, dunk on somebody, <laughs> dunk. Like, every time I'd work out with him, like, you need to dunk on somebody, like, soon, like, dunk on somebody. And I, and it was the most, like, hilarious moment. Um, like, if you, I, I don't know if there's a play, if you can watch the video and then, uh, and if you can watch the video and then. I don't know if they cut it, but if you see like the like next 10 seconds after, you can actually see Chauncey and I'll get to it after a moment and he's just acting absolutely out of his mind. But <laughs> as far as as far as the dunk, uh, it really like things like that really happen so fast. But I remember I there's like a quick turnover or something like that. And I remember I banana cut and got the ball really quick. Um and then <laughs> it's also a little funny side story. So then I ended up escaping like I could have just dumped it off to like I think like Jalen who was a couple years younger than me at the time playing varsity for one of his first games or something like that and I remember I could have bounced it to him for like an easy layup and I and I was like no way I'm just gonna try to like jump as hard as I can and I ended up taking off from really far away um and the guy kind of like under like slid under me a little bit and and it actually like helped me because I, I honestly don't know if I would have been able to dunk it if he hadn't done that. I think I might have <laughs> had to lay it in, but he actually undercut me, and you know he kind of like kept me going like up instead of like falling down. He I kind of rode him, and then I dunked it, and it happened so fast. So I was it was it was a great moment. But uh, the Jalen thing that could have been Jalen's I think first career varsity points on an easy layup that I could have dunked oh, off to him. So, so that was kind of funny. And then uh, going back to Chauncey. <laughs> I remember looking back and Chauncey was in the crowd. He's like looking at my dad. He's like, Yeah, I told you. He's like screaming and yelling. He wasn't even looking at the court anymore. He's like looking at the crowd. And like, it was just, it was such a good environment. Like, people were going crazy. Chauncey was going especially crazy. That was funny. And then, uh, and then from then on, Bruce and Smoke, I don't know if you uh, remember them from the Y. I'm sure you actually, I know you know them, but. Uh, yeah, they start calling me Johnny Sports Center from then on out. Even to this day. <laughs> Johnny Sports to this day, Johnny Sports Center. Yeah, man, you made like 
I, I just remember going from like sophomore to junior year, you made such a jump just in your mm -hmm. athleticism and your aggressiveness on the court. And I know that's sort of like around the time you started working with Chauncey, but you've also always just had a great work ethic. And I remember you worked in the Y, you worked in the field house, so you were always in there and you were just always working out. And then I remember seeing you like carrying this giant shooting machine from the school to the Y, like rolling it down the street. And I was like, that's fucking cool. That's dedication. So yeah, I remember that what? I don't know what what always pushed you to just get better and and what what kind of changed in your mindset when as you started to get older and realize like what it took to to better yourself right and I think um I think it always just well for at first early on it obviously just stemmed for like stemmed from like the just like the loving to play like I used to be at you know bracket park you know mm -hmm. every day every day in the summer hooping it up for you know six hours every day go take a an essay break and then come right back and hoop some more like that was just like the daily thing and then i think as i got older and started trying to like actually play somewhere and develop my skills i think you just have to like have that hunger in you to want to be better and excel and there's a lot of wrong ways to do it i think thankfully i met chauncey and i did it the right way but there's definitely a lot of wrong ways to train and go about that getting better and things like that. Um, but essentially, yeah, Chauncey really pointed me in the right direction and uh, developed my game a lot, especially that, that junior to senior year, that summer. I, I literally saw him every day. Didn't charge me a dime. Didn't charge me a dime out of his pocket. Wow. That's, awesome. That's just... Yeah, and he does that for a lot of people. That's the thing. Like, if he knows you're, like, from, like uh the inner city or like a lesser uh like you just don't obviously have that much money i mean he will go out of his way you know work with you it may not be every day but luckily i you know i was in the area every day and i also used to help him out like train little kids i used to help him with the sundays every day um so in a way i kind of like you know tried to pay him pay it back um when i could yeah something but, i would love to see and i don't know if you have any interest in this but I've just been thinking a lot about like trying to tie in the basketball side and then like the strength and conditioning side and run like a little camp. And I think people like that who don't do it for the money and just are, are in it for the right reasons. I would love to give back to our community somehow like that. So right, right. if I, if I'm able to string something together for that, I'll definitely let you know. But um, oh, yeah, we have just a, we have a couple like quick questions for you. Um, What's your what's some of your favorite music right now, or what's some of your favorite artists to hoop to? Like, I know you're a big R and B guy, but is that what you're listening to like when you're on the court, or is it different? For sure. Oh yeah, big big R and B, big R and B guy, but nah, not too much on the court unless I'm just messing around and like going to shoot a little bit, but not too much on the court. On the court, uh, strictly, you hate to hate to see the the big name brand guys out there, but you know, strictly Drake, Meek Mill. Um, <laughs> Rick Ross, a lot of the music today. I like to. I honestly like to just hit shuffle and see what's going on. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of Gunna, Baby, both babies, all the babies, <laughs> all the babies, <laughs> all the babies. Um, yeah, I, I just pretty much, pretty much rap. Uh, Lil Wayne just came out with something. I haven't listened to it yet, but maybe someone there will be decent. <laughs> the new key Glock. Key <laughs> New Key Glock album is so good. Oh, I was real? not expecting it to be so uh, good. 
Yeah, usually uh, I don't like listen. the music. So Yeah, yeah. I want to check that out too. I'm, yeah. I've been behind in the music world lately. Normally Marcus puts me on with all that stuff. So normally he'll he'll give a little pre-list and he's like, oh yeah, check this out, check this out. And then I'll give a list. <laughs> like, yeah. you, you, you got me nailed down. You got me right. That's definitely decent. Definitely. All right, Jen, you get the next one. All right. So how do you take care of your mental health as a student athlete when you have like your team depending on you, your coach depending on you on top of all that mm. schoolwork? Right. So um, I think mental health is tremendously important and not nearly taken into the account that it needs to be. Um, but I think that I am lucky enough to have a really good mental health background and stability in my life that uh, has set me up to be ready for the, the trials of being a college athlete. Um, but as far as taking care of myself, I think you just got to know, like, when to, you know, stop shooting, just take a break, stop doing homework, go relax a little bit. And, like, it is so easy to get caught up in, like, oh, I need to play, I need to play, I need to do homework, I need to do homework. Like, just it just layers up, and next thing you know, you're going 10 hours of doing homework and basketball, then the homework again, and going right to bed, waking up and doing the exact same thing again the next day. Like, you just got to have, you got to have that, like, let me take a break, let me step back, and relax for a second and maybe hang out with my friends go get a meal you yeah know, just yeah for sure fundamentally important that's like a super mature mindset because i feel like a lot of people like to like talk about the grind and like idolize that like right, just going, right. going going but you can only go like that for so long like for yeah. me i'm like okay if this homework doesn't get done you know i'm not really tripping i'm gonna right, watch my exactly I promise you can grind for six hours and take a 30 minute break. You're good. Yeah. I don't need to grind for 20 straight. Yeah. Yeah. And what people don't realize is that like just relating it to the gym, you're, when you're in the gym working out, you're not building muscle, you're tearing it down. It's when you go and recover that you're building that muscle back up. So it's just so sure. vital to, to take care of yourself and recover and restore yourself so i'm glad you see it that way mm -hmm. um last very last question here then we'll let you go um what did the loss of kobe mean to you and how did he impact you as a basketball player and just as a man i think that kobe not only was tremendously valuable to the basketball community um as far as like just people like wanting to be Kobe and growing up watching Kobe and Kobe this, Kobe that, Kobe this, Kobe that. Like, I mean, Kobe played for 20 years. So, I mean, the influence that he has on 20 years worth of people and even more, I'm sure, because, you know, older people look up to him, younger people look up to him. It's just, I mean, absolutely amazing. But I think that beyond basketball, I think just the fact that you're losing such a – amazing person and and influential person um is what is is so hurting uh, so disheartening about that um is his, uh, disheartening about his death and that um just the, the impact especially that he had on um inner city youth or people that come from a more impoverished background because you know i think i think that i want i don't want to like I don't want to say it like this in like a, a negative way, but I think that a lot of people that are from 
uh, higher economic backgrounds more look at Kobe as like an amazing basketball person, like, uh, and, and look at it from more of a basketball standpoint, whereas you're coming from inner city um, or lower income level, you're looking at it more as like a, like a real idol. Like he can do, he can get out. Like he's a young African-American male who like got out and like grew up to be this amazing person and make money and have a great family and well-structured life. I think you can kind of see it as, you know, like I can do that too. And so I think losing an influence like that um, is very devastating, but the the outcome of it um, and what people are doing now has been very good. And I think that his memory will definitely live on for a long, long time to come. I don't think his influence is lost. I think it's just, you know, people, it's not, yeah, it's now time for like people to run with it you know yeah not lost definitely changed but not lost yeah. surely. and what i think is so cool about that is whether he had played basketball or not the way that dude worked and the way he just looked at life he would have been successful at anything he chose to do and that's oh, sure that's what we're all trying to do and so i think mm-hmm. his mentality and his relentlessness is just something that we should all strive for and i also think it's important that of course we mentioned the other people that were lost in the helicopter accident, um, he's getting a ton of tover- a, a ton of coverage, and rightfully so. But I wasn't the only one to die, so I mm-hmm. think it's also important to uh, yeah. mention their families and the loss that they experienced as well. Um, Johnny, mm-hmm. that's all we got for you. We appreciate you so much for taking the time. Um, yeah. It's really good to talk to you, and hopefully, we'll see you soon. Yeah. Wait. Can we? Um. What's your Instagram handle? Oh yeah, we gotta shout you out for sure. Um, J-O-H-N-N-I-E-T-I-I-I, Johnny T-I-I-I. Perfect. We'll put um, that in the yeah. show notes. Do you have any Go games ahead. in the city anywhere anytime soon? Uh, throw your bro some likes, you know, I'm trying to get my crowd <laughs> up to feel me. Uh, nah, we actually, we played at CSP about, and actually, you know what's funny? Coach Holman came to my game. Really? <laughs> Not like young Coach Holman, but old Coach the Holman. old one? Yeah. Bro, that's funny. <laughs> so I talked to him a little bit. That was a good little throwback from the past. And it's because it's been, you know, four years since I've seen him. So that was kind of dope. Still looks the same. John L, his 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 son is having a kid. I'm not gonna do that. Hmm. So that was kind of a little fun fact too. So but yeah, it was good seeing him. I think we play we played at CSP Mankato, St. Cloud. Um yeah, we don't have too many more games unless it's a playoff game. Yeah, I don't know about all that, man. That's yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. a little bit of a drive. Yeah. We wish you the best of luck. Yeah. Um, let sorry, us know what's sorry. back in the city. Good luck with the rest yeah. of your season. Good luck with your studies. Um, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Johnny. Definitely. Thanks, Johnny. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Good luck. Yes, definitely. Thank you.